2: Apologize if I'm still a little bit cloudy in my brain because I just got back from a tour.
1: Yeah, it looked like it was a a pretty good run. I mean.
2: Great, great run. A big run. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great run. It was a big run. It's an exhausting run. I'm uh, not fully recovered yet. Just getting my life back in order. (laughs) Oh, man. Got a little bit of a cough going on, so that might happen every once in a while. Bang over. Hang in there.
1: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, Jacob, my name's Nev anyway, dude. It's awesome to have you on the show. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, as we were just saying, I mean, you just had a, a massive tour with skeletal remains, uh, vitriol and splattered, and that looked like it was just an incredible run, and it was a massive run as well. How was it getting back on the road out there in the big, wide world after everything that's happened? You know, that thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, that thing. Um, well, <laughs> it was surprisingly... Surprisingly normal in terms of um, you look at the shows, you have a big crowd of people and everybody's enjoying themselves, not shy to get sweaty and wild in the pit. So that's, that's really um, was great to see. A few people are wearing masks, you know, whatever. Some people want to protect themselves. But <clears throat> in general, it was surprisingly uh, normal, meaning pre-2020 normal.
1: That's, man, I'm seeing it here slowly as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's starting to get really good. We just had a massive festival on the weekend. Um, it's, it's starting to happen again. It's super exciting, dude.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be back. And uh, I feel like people are actually hungrier than ever. I, I don't know if it's... I hope it's a permanent change. Probably it's not going to last. But right now, I feel like people are especially appreciative. Uh, attendance was great. People sold a lot of merch. I mean, we people bought a lot of merch. <laughs> We, saw, I mean, all the bands, solo merch, and um, not sure if that's a lasting effect, but yeah, for right now, people are really, really appreciative. Just glad to be back at shows.
1: So I think people are starting to get over the whole Netflix and chill, you know, being cooped up inside. They want to get out and see bands and get amongst it again. So yeah, it's it's awesome, dude, and it's good to hear that it's happening over there, especially over there. It seems like you guys are ahead of us in yeah. Terms.
2: Maybe I feel like definitely ahead of Europe. I'm not sure what, where Australia is at right now, but I have a, an eye on Europe always, of course. Um, and they're a little bit behind uh, on that for sure.
1: Man, but how was it hitting the road with uh, those other guys? What
2: do we I mean? It was fantastic. Um, always wish we would hang out more, but you know we had great hangs, so I, I can't really complain. It's just between all the brutal drives and. You know, you know how it goes, but there were really no um, no bad characters, no bad incidents. Everybody was super nice, helpful, uplifting. Um, yeah, just helping each other out, and um, yeah, great guys, all, all of them really.
1: It's funny when you mention brutal black me- brutal death metal, and uh, you know everybody having a good time being
2: yeah (laughs) it's like absolutely like you go go around (laughs) and it doesn't matter even if you played a show where it's like i don't know your monitoring sucked or you were not feeling it for whatever particular reason that night and all the other guys just come up and now like you know just lifting you up like dude fucking killer show and pointing out things i'm like thanks guys i mean you you know you're the audience perspective at the same time you're musicians um so you know what's going on and I'm always my worst critic, so sometimes it's just really helpful to have these uplifting characters just kind of scoop you up after the stage, uh, after like coming off stage, and just kind of giving you these these warm words. It's, it's a great thing, and I, I return that as well, of course.
1: Absolutely, and you had a tour dog. I saw as well. Is that your your dog? Uh,
2: it was my dog. Yeah, she came with us just for the last three shows. It would have been too much for like a whole month, of course, yeah. but. Uh, it just worked out that well um, that way because she was already she was kind of in the area uh, Cupertino because she was staying with my in laws for a little bit while my wife was going on a trip of her own and then it just worked out perfectly that my wife flew into Cupertino had my in laws her parents deliver our dog to her and then join us on that tour for like three days and you know, circle back home at the end so yeah great
1: how was that was that a, a mood changer as well.
2: Absolutely. When, dogs. Yeah, she was the center of attention for us. Over <laughs> yeah. here and everywhere.
1: That's so good. That's so good. And uh, you had uh, Justin, is it Sakagawa? Sakagawa, yeah. Yeah, on guitars. Uh, he also plays for Splatted. How,
2: how yeah. did that come about? Um, well, he was already um, going to be in uh defeat The Sanity, at least um, as a live guitarist, as far back as 20 uh 19, he's been auditioning, and we had him on a tour in 2020. That tour just didn't make it very far, because four shows in, COVID happened, and we all got sent home. But he was already lined up, and then um, completely independent of that, Splatter got booked on the tour, and then he found himself doing double duty on this tour, which I think he's not going to do again. It was really <laughs> awesome. that's, that's every night, but he wanted to check it off the bucket list. So we did it. Thirty shows, sixty sets. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I that is insane. Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, his hands probably like.
2: Ju-juh, 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 ju-juh. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. For us, it was maybe not even such a bad thing because he was always warmed up. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. we had played a set that night, and uh, but for him, I mean, uh, it's it's hard because it breaks up the entire night. You always on. You got to be strategic on tour when do you go to eat? You can't eat too close to the set because then you're going to be feeling heavy, you know, but you still want to eat something. And when drinking before the set is also quite limited, you can maybe have a drink, but not really more than that. So having it broken up into him being in the opening band and then in the headlining band, like usually when he was sound shaking with Splatter, that was like our dinner time, like shit, now he needs to, you know, uh, (laughs) tend to that. And and then after playing the first set, you know, you come off stage, you feel like getting a drink or a couple of drinks in, but no, he has, he has another set. So he has to wait. And his, the other set is not until the end of the night. So uh, yeah, it definitely uh, messed his schedule up for sure, but he did really well.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Is he coming down with you?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice.
1: So what, yes, what, what about moving forward? Is it, is he, looking at being official or is it going to be?
2: Um, uh, most likely, yes. Uh, we haven't actually had that official talk yet with him, um, but we said we were going to offer him the job full-time if he wants it. And um, it will come with some strings attached, I'm sure. And, you know, like, I'm not sure if the double WWE thing is going to be another option in the future, but um, it will be, uh, he, he, he's welcome to, um to say yeah, I'll drop everything and join you guys full-time and we're welcome for awesome. sure
1: awesome man yeah. well of course I mean we're, we're talking about the defeated sanity uh hitting the road here with our very own distant tomb and wraith man yeah. it's been a long time coming we've been hanging for some brutal death metal down here that's for sure it's uh it's your first time I'm yeah shit dude have you been here before
2: Never! I'm actually really, really excited for this one simply because I like traveling. I'm big into traveling. I like geography. I always wanted to go to Australia. I always wanted to go to New Zealand. These places they seem so far away from Germany. It's like literally on the other side of the globe. So, um, always been a bucket list item for me. I've never made it there. But, um, so yeah, couldn't be more excited.
1: Well, that's it. hey. There you go. You've got uh New Zealand, which I think is that way there <laughs> so You got you got hobbits, yeah, Uh and, and stuff that way. Over here, we've got drop bears, you know, and and cool. all the things that can kill you. It's yeah. it's gonna be a good time.
2: <laughs> I, I know it, and um, yeah, I'm really really excited for it. And even if I wouldn't get to play a show, I'd just come there anyway.
1: Ah, you're gonna have a good time, man. It's gonna be a real real good time. We 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 love the death metals down here. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, especially with those boys. I mean, you've they they're one of our, our best exports just in tune. Have you have you uh have you toured with them before? I think
2: think no, never, never we we've met um at Mountains of Death Festival in 2008. Oh, That's sorry. right. 2011. Wait. Yeah it was 2011. That's right. So they they were playing that festival. That was their first time coming over um as like a newcomer band playing, playing Europe. And um we've spoken about touring so many times since just never worked out, I think once it almost worked out, but then I don't know something always happened, and you know conflicting schedules, and yeah, this will be your first time finally getting the road together
1: yeah man it's gonna be it's gonna be real good, man like they they're, they're uh, a great yeah. live band
2: too yeah, yeah I know I, absolutely hundred percent I think people are really gonna get their money's worth on this one
1: absolutely absolutely, man, and of course, your latest album uh now. It, let me let me say this slow because it's early in the morning here Sang- sangu- sanguinary sanguinary impetus 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 uh yeah. oh, yeah. damn it
2: i got i don't left. know i'm german what do i know <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm australian i talk backwards uh um, yeah. <laughs> that came out in 2020 and you know heaps of people down here loved it um mm-hmm. you know heaps of dudes are like this dude um I mean, we're looking here forward to hearing some of that stuff live. But of course, being your first time, you've got whole back catalogue to get through as well. So what are we going to be expecting in terms of uh the set list? Is it gonna be focus on the new material or a bit of
2: a bit of a mix? Um we will probably make it a bit of a mix simply for the reason that we're there for the first time. If like this US tour we just put behind us. Was very much focused on the Sanguinary Infants because we played the United States with the last album and the other albums before that. So we can focus on what's new and we'll do the same thing in Europe. But places we haven't been to, like Australia or next month, we're going to um, Colombia for the first time. Oh, wow. So these places we've never played, we usually just do like a kind of nice package, best off, you know, best of all albums uh, set list just because. You know, that's the first chance that people will get there to see us, and it shouldn't be too heavy on one album. So we'll try to try to even it out.
1: It's a tough call.
2: It is tough, and it gets tougher <laughs> with each new album that <laughs> you We have six albums now. And each album is like, you know, we, we built a set list for a tour, and it's always like, huh, but now we only have two songs from this album. And then we realize, well, two songs from each album is 12 songs um, already. So at one point, you can't really do more than two songs of on one album. There's so many more that you want to play, but it gets harder and harder over time to to fit all that in there.
1: And everyone's got their favorites too, and ones they don't want to drop.
2: Exactly. Yeah. We're always <laughs> fighting all that. You know, everyone has their favorites, but, you know, it's, it's all about compromise.
1: That's it. That's it. You got to, I've gone through that at the moment. We, we've, one of my bands, and we had to drop a song that, that I really, really like and uh, had to compromise. And I was like, come on, man. But it's, the, it's the one. And they're like, no, nah, man.
2: Yeah. And then there's also <laughs> the most popular songs. The songs that you always play are the ones that you don't really want to play because you always play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always looking for you know, a little bit more excitement, like freshening things up by adding a song that you haven't played in years. But then you're dropping a song that is like an, a fan's favorite and it's hard because you got to put yourself in the fan's perspective at the same time you still have to perform so that's it's a, it's a dilemma like do you always play the fan favorites even though you really just are sick of them that's, yeah it's a, a tricky it's, one
1: well that's it and then you've got like the big big huge bands like Metallica and stuff that go out there and they just smash out the hits you know? Yeah,
2: I don't know how that is for them, like playing uh, from the bell every show for 35 years. Wow. <laughs> it, think of it; it's a great song, but if you play it every night, I mean, you must be sick of it.
1: Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's it. That's it. But I mean, I guess there's the the whole thing. It's somebody's first time seeing it,
2: right? You know? Right. But you're like, man, I'd love to
1: play that one that we haven't really jammed on. I like it when bands throw in those. Yeah. We little- always like
2: to put a few like deep cuts in there for sure. Yeah. You don't just want to play, you know, what everybody expects.
1: Yeah, and it's always good seeing. I guess it's always good when you see that one dude. It's like their favorite song, and he's never mm-hmm. heard it live, and he's like, he's like losing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's worth it. But uh, of course, I mean, with this album and everything that's gone on over the last couple of years, did you feel that? Y- obviously it didn't get its proper run and you're only just starting to really get into the meat of promoting it now. Is that weird?
2: That is super weird. Yeah. Actually it puts us in a really, really weird position because technically the album is going to be two years old this July or something. So by the time we hit Australia, the album's to be two years old. It doesn't feel two years old because we've only done this one U.S. tour now on this, on this new album. Um, but it's been around and it's, it's a strange thing. Part of us wants to move on and like get the next one out quick. And part of us also feels like it's not going to do it justice. we move on too quickly without giving it a proper touring cycle. Mm. Um, It's kind of, yeah. I mean, we all feel like this is our best album to date and we want to give it the proper touring run. And yeah, it's a weird one. It's just COVID messed up everything in that regard.
1: Yeah, it's like it is weird. Hey, it's like the whole, it's been two years, but it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> it's like look at back here. It's like a you know, just yeah, a break in time,
2: mm-hmm. and here we it's, are. Uh, I'm actually at first I was super. Um, I don't know if "upsets" the right word, but I was kind of bummed out that uh, it was a pandemic release and it came out without any prospects of representing it live, playing any shows, fests, tours, whatever. But looking back, it's maybe not a bad thing because I think it might have even helped record sales and like streaming. And because everybody was at home mm. and um, without going to shows, you're maybe more likely to look for new music to entertain you and uh, Netflix, all that, of course. But if you're a music buff, you know, maybe you would just have a little bit more time on your hands to discover new albums. So that could have actually been a positive thing too.
1: Did you notice a lot of a lot of people singing along to the new stuff you know, that you are playing because they've had that time to impressive sit?
2: Impressive if they would manage to sing along. This this the stuff is so twisted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people they recognize like the oh here comes the breakdown part, or you know they recognize the crazy tapping part, or you know it's little things that stick yeah, yeah. out. Uh, sometimes I see like you know some air guitar, air drumming. But, yeah, singing along, that's that's a lot to ask without our music. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, there's always that one dude. Yeah, there's
2: always that one. Of course, there's there's a few guys who really know (laughs) it well, and it's impressive.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, death metal, from a mainstream perspective, is is mostly misunderstood. You know, the majority of people, all they hear is noise and blast beats, you know, the fine things in life. Gore. Yeah. Blast beats, you know. All that, all that good stuff. But underneath musically it, it's so much more complex. And you know, with a lot of dudes being jazz musicians and drawing from those influences, you know, what's your thoughts on that? You know, what's the connection there between death metal and, and you know those
2: it is it is somewhat connected to jazz in a way that um it's both not really music that you can just put on the radio, not music that's for the masses. Mm is both music that you need to kind of acquire a taste for most people that hear jazz like proper like you know bebop or something not the you know elevator lounge jazz but like the real the real wild stuff for the first time they just think it's just a tornado of of noise and and notes that you know sound off and don't make sense but you you dive into it and you kind of develop an understanding and appreciation for it and yeah acquire that taste now that's very similar with with death metal especially metal too but especially death metal with death metal it's on top of everything that metal has which is you know loud like double bass and just you know lots of um stress kind of invoking uh noises and you know some people just get stressed out there which again, to me is weird because I almost did opposite effects, almost more soothing and calming to me. But then <laughs> that's the vocals on top and the vocals is what turned most people off. So if you, like, I remember back in high school, you know, music class, oh, everybody's showing their uh, favorite music or whatever, put on their favorite song and talk about it today or something. You put on death metal and everybody's like, all right, this is cool. And then the vocals come in and people are like, what is that? Turn it off. They <laughs> not get it as long as it has like understandable vocals people want to hear lyrics you know they they can listen to like system of down or something that is metal with like understandable singing along lyrics but then you put death metal growls over it and people are like uh no i'm not
3: yeah that's it (laughs) but i mean it's
2: hard it's hard to get into it I, i don't think when i the first time i heard growling i don't think i could take it seriously i think i was like it's a joke or something but then um you you appreciate the art behind it that's, you know, not easy to make these sounds. And at first, honestly, at first you think it's not real anyway. You think it's some kind of effects processing and pitch shifting. And then you understand, oh, wow, no, there's actually a whole whole group of uh, people like, you know, having built this vocal style over time, you know, building on each other's uh, vocal styles, and then it just went more and more extreme and deeper and, and crazier. And now you have, uh, yeah, penis killings and crazy, like, predator vocals and pig squeals and all that stuff.
1: This There's a lot to it. I get, I get asked a lot. People always say to me, they go, oh, do you just lose your voice? And it's like, no, I
2: don't really...
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, after you're doing it for so long,
2: you do it properly, yeah. uh, you shouldn't lose your voice from it. Yeah. But it's not just screaming into a mic like most people think.
1: No, no, that's it. But there's something about it, man. No, definitely, there's definitely something that takes time to, to yeah. learn how to do it properly. And, and then, you know, so here's to all of death metal vocalists. Yeah.
2: doesn't yeah. yeah. so have that problem, Jess. I mean, if it's instrumental jazz anyway. And even if it's vocal jazz, it's almost more appealing. <laughs> instrumental jazz, most people are like, yeah, this is too nerdy for me. And then, you know, add vocals on Top, you have like Michael Buble and stuff like that. And oh, now you can put it on the radio and people actually, you know, like it and you know, sell millions of copies of <laughs> <And>, You know, <laughs> it helps, helps it. It's
1: not my jam. Not my jam. But in regards to, you know, the mainstream sort of stuff, I don't, I don't know if you've heard it if you but there's um dream widow the dream widow ep that dave Grohl just released have you heard that
2: uh, i've only heard so when that one song came out that got people talking i put it on i was like uh interesting is this is food fighters or i mean i don't know is it food fighters or is it his own thing i, I don't know
1: well I, I, I mean it's dave Grohl and um who? what's his name from Fireball ministry but it's really fucking yeah. good. <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah. I thought it's going to be Fresh, a thief night.
2: Right. I mean, I've only heard it at one time, very, very brief, but it was like kind of thrash, thrashy, right? A yeah. little bit of like growling, but you know, like thrash beats and even blast beats. It was uh, very surprising. I wonder um, what like the general reception of like non-metal people was. Um, I haven't really followed like the mainstream news and what people write on the boards and stuff. It's interesting. But that's cool. I mean, if people really if people were to be turned on by this and then look deeper and be like, oh, there's a whole world of this stuff out there. You know, that would that would help us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially since you know nanas and, and dads and, and mums are listening to Food Fighters and they're like, Oh, here's a new Food Fighters album. And they put it on, they're like, Oh, didn't, <laughs> didn't expect this. But it's really good. And in saying that, I do exactly my point. You know, I hope that there are people out there that will jump the fence, hear that, and jump the fence. I think it's a good thing. I don't know how the other death metal community thinks about it, but I
2: think... You know, know, it's always the same with, like, these bands. Like, Slipknot and all these bands. Half the death metal community is, like, ostracizing. Like, this is, you know, like, if you listen to this crap, you're not true. And the other half of the people are, like... I mean i don't like it or whatever or maybe i do but it doesn't matter if it brings in people to the scene then that's a good thing.
1: that's it that's exactly right and in regards to you know before we were talking about the jazzy stuff you've you guys have dabbled in that in the past is it something that you're looking at maybe exploring more of in the future
2: uh the jazzy stuff in general yeah um yeah i mean we've always kind of pushed more trying to integrate um odd times and just odd um not just odd times as in uh, meters but also odd numbers of repetitions Mm. or uh you know harmony playing with like odd harmonies and um taking elements from jazz because jazz doesn't have these rules like you can you can pretty much do everything that you want to do and it's we don't want to we don't ever want to Compromise brutality, like we always want to keep it as death metal as possible. But within that, you know, fence around, okay, this is still, we still think this is brutal. Um, we try to stuff as much weird jazz inspired, yeah, little stuff in there. And um, I don't think it actually helps the vibe of the music because the more weird it is and less, um, like, transparent, it's, it's less, uh, less obvious, simply. Like, you hear it and you don't get it the first time. You have to yeah, listen yeah, yeah. It again and again. And that helps the obscurity of music and makes it more, uh, yeah, a little bit more mysterious, a little bit more obscure, and helps the whole death of in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're not gonna be a, like a full-on jazz band. I, I'm not even, like, nearly educated enough in, in that matter to, like, play full-on jazz. But I like the little bits and pieces of it. Uh, I love to listen to jazz, and you know, let that reflect in my bass playing. And Peter saying,
1: because man, you're an incredible bass player. <laughs> Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think like in in death metal, I think you're one of the best. And that's not me just saying that. Like I've had that conversation with people before
2: you that are like, I don't ever. I hear that. Some people say that, I never believe it. Um, I always think I could, you know.
0: Planning on traveling this summer?
2: there's so many things that I'm not doing to the to the standard that I'm that I want to hold myself to, but people say that, and I'm like, don't know what to don't know what to respond. Like I I, I know it's genuine, and I appreciate it. I just wish I could think that too, you know.
1: Your own worst critic, brother. Always, <laughs> but you know, it's there. People are people. People really love your work, mate. So, thank you. No worries. No, absolutely. And we can't wait to see it live. But uh, I saw you guys just released your discography on cassette in that box set. Holy shit, that is cool, man. Oh, you got it there?
2: Uh, It's in the other room. So give me Uh, a second. Yep, I'll put up a little. (laughs) Be right back. Just going to get it. Oh yeah! Look at that! Yeah, actually, I haven't opened it yet, so this is now the official unboxing video. All right, uh, it's yes. a really... Oh, no. uh, <laughs> a really it. one. I've seen it already. I've seen it unboxed. I just haven't unboxed my own copy.
1: Oh, there you go. Is it something you want to do?
2: Yes. Oh, cool! Awesome. Uh,
1: me, I don't. No pressure to if you
2: because there's, there's a lot to look at inside. So yeah. um. It's, it's really great. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we just released our first box set and it's a cassette box set. I was, would have never thought that would happen, but this is cool.
1: It's wild, man. It's wild because vinyl and, and cassettes, especially now, it's like it's swung back around. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Massive now, man. Like I know, to a frothing tapes. Look at that. Look how crisp that is. Look at that.
2: Yep. This Man. is a mashup of all the album covers, which is really sick. You can see passages in there, and disposal, and psalms, prelude is somewhere in there. That's cool. some not in there, but that
1: is incredible.
2: Yeah, and then you got all the individuals. So let's just start with. I mean, I'm not going to pull them all out.
1: They want them all falling out.
2: There's a new one. So then you know you have the individual cassettes, and they come oh. with little booklets. So this is the tape. That's This is my favorite part, that they actually made a booklet for each cassette tape with all the lyrics and everything in there. Dude, how good is that?
1: I remember that. That's like,
2: I don't know. I'm showing my... I
1: I used to love that. I used to love pulling out a tape, and and you'd have all the lyrics there.
2: It's super throwback. I don't even have a tape player anymore, and it kind of bums me out now that I have these. I might want to just get one again but yeah it's it's such a sick thing to have man I'll probably never play these they'll probably just live up on my uh I'm it's,
1: it's pretty special though dude I mean it's
2: special yeah
1: in a time where you know it was it was just CDs and people would just be like cassettes and throw them out the car window
3: mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. people
1: are now kicking themselves because they're like I just I just threw out this you know really rare Slayer tape, all this, all this stuff. Because I, I used to go to school with my best mate, and we used to have a duffel bag Ooh. filled with cassettes, and we'd just be constantly rewinding with the pencil.
2: Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> but,
1: you know, at the end of it, we were like, we don't need these anymore. And now I'm absolutely kicking myself that yeah. I got rid of some, like Rust in Peace. I used to have Rust in Peace on cassette. Ooh. <laughs>
2: I don't have sets anymore either i i don't know what happened they either just got eaten by the tape deck or thrown away because you know why would you you know i didn't have i had a Walkman way longer than i what still i'm i i did not have tv uh didn't listen to tapes at home anymore like a, t- a tape deck but i still had my walkman for a long time then i got the disc man and you know how it goes man she's like yeah this is just clutter get it out of here you know
1: it's all on the phone but, yeah. you know, there was something magical about those days. i got to say, maybe I'm just old. but
2: There is. I think there is. But it, it is also nostalgia. If you haven't lived in those days, you're probably wondering why, you know, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that we will maybe make a CD box set at one point. Um, but hey, it was a great start.
1: Yeah, man. That's incredible. I want one. I want one. A vinyl? I mean, are you a vi- I'm a vinyl dude. Are you a vinyl guy?
2: Not really, no. I'm full on like a CD kind of kid. I grew up with CDs, they were already so established. I never, I don't know, I'm I'm born in 87. So I never had the need for vinyl and then didn't really jump on the revival train either. So I have I own a few. Uh like I own all of the defeat Peter Sandy stuff pretty much and some extra, some other copies. Um, but in fact, when I moved from Germany to the States, where it now. I didn't even bring my vinyl, my um, gosh, uh, my tape, uh, my tape. Lack of words here. You know what I mean. <clears throat> my record player. My yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. I didn't bring it with me, so I don't own a record player at this point, and that's actually something I'm debating to just purchase and get a record player.
1: So I got one last year. I've had vinyl for a while, and uh-huh. and and I, I got a gifted one, and. Man, I fell down the rabbit hole. I've got to say, out of all the vinyl that I've seen, the outlay and everything, and even the, the vinyl themselves, you guys have got some incredible looking vinyl, dude. Like the like the the actual physical prints on the discs, all the variants and stuff. Man, man, incredible.
2: Yeah, that last one was sick, that clear, clear and blood. Ladder or something. That was that was a sick one. I have a copy of that too. I keep keep a copy of everything.
1: Man, are you bringing some damn with you?
2: Um, we have to. I haven't even looked into that yet, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to somehow either bring them or ship them down there or something. Um, we'll we we'll need to do that 100. percent yeah money. <laughs> of course, yeah, and I mean people do buy vinyl down there, right?
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll,
2: we'll need some of that for sure.
1: Yeah. Bring some down, man. Oh, you'll be like, we sold them all to this one dude. <laughs> it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be me. They're right. um, yeah, so good, man. It's so okay. good. But uh, uh, of course, I mean, in regards to other merch, I, I saw that he had the uh, defeated sanitizer. Oh, yeah. Yep. What is that no one did that.
2: No, uh I have that to show as well. That as well. Awesome. Uh,
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it when we get these show and tell episodes.
2: Ah, this one's a little scratched up, but we get a better one. So <laughs> it looks nice. So here is the defeated sanitizer. Yeah.
1: We will need some of that. Bring some of that down with you too. I, you know, that's incredible.
2: Yeah, we'll definitely bring some of that. It is uh not just regular sanitizer, it's uh Extra special strength, actually 62% alcohol and uh, defeats all the germs and the sanity at the same time.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's the best sales pitch ever. Have oh. you, who came up with that idea? I mean, it's, oh, it's a it no-brainer, but...
2: It actually goes back way further than COVID. Uh, we've been talking about this. Our uh, tour manager brought it up, Paul McGuire, like years ago joking like to feel a sanitizer and we always were like just humoring um merge ideas like that but never actually pulled the trigger any of them and then COVID came around and we were set to go on tour uh 2020 and um COVID hasn't shut anything down yet but it was like people were starting to get nervous about it we're like all right this is the time we'll, we'll make it and that was actually not easy to find a place that could just make like 500 of these because sanitizer was running low mm. so finding a place that could within like a 10 day turnover time or something get us like 500 of these bottles was not easy and we didn't have them right away for the tour start but like a couple days into the tour we had them and we sold like 50 a night or so of them it was pretty crazy They just flew off the shelves and then um yeah unfortunately the tour got you know cut short and we had to take a lot of them home but hey we uh yeah, it was a very, a very hot item in 2020. And we still have some. I've actually made some more for this tour.
3: Awesome. So we,
2: we will keep selling the stock that we have. And I'll definitely bring the
1: boxes. Bring them down. Bring them down. We need some down here. We're still using yeah, it down here. Sure. We're all about it. It's just going to be cool. Yeah, to I'm,
2: I'm very proud of this, uh, <laughs> this. This is like the first and probably last merch gimmick that the PSAE ever produced. Like just straight up, you know. <laughs> you make it. I love it
1: though. oh mate that's, that's awesome and of course I mean you guys have, have played some incredible tours and shows over the years and probably uh, instigated some pretty hectic pits but what's the craziest one that you've seen throughout the years
2: that you've even you've gone
1: uh, that's a uh, pretty full one
2: this is a tough question because there's like even if you were to ask me which was the craziest pit on this tour I already would name like three or four and couldn't narrow it down um there's been some crazy pits some crazy pits we've had people lose teeth and like all kinds i don't remember pittsburgh in fact pittsburgh 2016 i guess yeah somebody got like teeth knocked out in the pit that was wild but yeah we we've, we've had crazy pits on this tour um oh god i mean uh philadelphia was wild on this tour philadelphia was insane um it's always so hard to see what exactly is going on from being on stage but when you just see um even the people that do not want to hit just being bounced around just because there's no escaping it it's like oh wow okay this room is boiling (laughs) like there's no safe place in this room you can't be anywhere safe and that's that's uh that's been a lot of a lot of our shows um to be honest, <clears throat> there's been fights too. There's been fights. One time, like in Boston, I think we had to like stop the song because there was like a fight breaking out, and then I had to like escort the fighting guys out, and then kept playing. Resumed playing. Man,
1: don't yeah. don't fight, guys. You mm. know. Just, just point it out there to everyone out there. Don't, don't fight in the pit. You know, be cool. Yeah, no,
2: don't fight in the pit. I mean, I'm always, sometimes I'm actually quite shocked when I'm on stage and I see, like, people falling to the ground in the pit. Mm-hmm. I'm always, like, holding my breath, like, oh, my God. And, you know, usually some people open them up and it just, they just keep going, you know. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh, it's hard. It's, like, I can't look away. I need to make sure everybody's cool. But I also need to uh, it's also great to see everybody's having a good time. And, um, yeah, our, our uh, shows are definitely, especially in United States, there's pits. There's definitely pits. Always.
1: Man, i got to say, down here, you're going to see some pits, bro. Hell it's yeah. It's going to be got awesome. It. But, I mean, uh, we're pretty good. We, we, we do the picky, picky up. You'll be right.
2: Yeah. How about, it. No, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's just part of the code, you know. You don't want anybody to go home injured or you know not having a good time and um yeah no that's 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 a must and i'm i'm glad to hear that i'm looking forward to see it down there
1: <laughs> just you wait mate just yeah. you wait <laughs> but i mean uh, of course i mean you played some big death fests as well throughout the years that I, us, down here in our in our scene we don't have it as big obviously as as what it is over in the states those things are fucking huge and we see them and we just go how <laughs> how insane they are but uh you know what are those things like for you you know and the vibe of those those really big death
2: mm-hmm. um It depends. It really depends what kind of festival we're talking about. If it's like a straight up, like Maryland Death Fest has always been overwhelming in in terms of, you know, attendance and response. And uh, there's just, I I just remember, even the very first time we played Maryland Death Fest, which was 2008, and that was our first appearance in the United States, that and a few more shows down the East Coast. Um, Getting that kind of reception we got at that festival was unheard of at that point. 2008 in Europe, we were not like seeing these crowd that, that kind of crowd response, like just a whole room of like a thousand people in waves, just you know going absolutely bonkers. So and that has repeated uh, every time, pretty much we played uh, Marin was like two or three more times. Now in Europe, it's all different. I mean, there's like neuro- there used to be Neurotic Deathfest later on Netherlands Deathfest, and that one was kind of the same crowd. And the same response, like when we played Netherlands uh, Neurotic Death Fest, we always get insane crowds, and it feels great because it's international crowds, people coming from everywhere. Just you know, some of them maybe just for us, and they're really really going crazy over it. But then there's also these um, more mixed genre festivals, especially in Germany, but Europe uh, in general, where you know, you have like Nightwish playing on the big stage and then you have like us playing on the small stage or, you know, like completely yeah, mixed, yeah, yeah. Mixed, bands, mixed crowds. And that's sometimes tougher because, um especially at these big festivals, we're not necessarily playing super up top on the bill. We're somewhere in the middle or down there. And um that results in like a an uh, like afternoon slot instead of like a 9 p.m. slot or something. So getting a crowd to move at 3 p.m. on like a a daylight stage is much, much harder than getting a crowd to move at like 9 p.m. Dark, you know, nighttime, everybody has a buzz and just a good time. So that's that's a lot harder. Plus you see everyone's face out there. That's actually the worst part about playing daytime, like festival kind of uh, stages. You see everyone's face and it is, uh, yeah, it kind of trips you up you know, to see too much of the audience, you know, and you're maybe thinking too much into their facial expressions or, you know, these guys are chatting or this guy's on his phone and you're like, why is this guy on his phone? He's not having a good time. What's going on? So yeah, it just kind of gets you thinking more than when you have like this, you know, dark room or dark, dark station, you don't really look uh, for all these little details, you know. Man.
1: Is there a band that you keep bumping into that yet maybe haven't toured with that, you want to tour with that you know you're good mates yeah. with you like oh, hey man how you going at these festivals and then you're like we'll have to tour one day
2: i mean we always spoke this listened you know that's that's hmm. obviously one of those names we've been bumping into um but yeah there, there's tons i mean just just the other day we were talking about dying Fetus when trey came out to the show in, in uh Maryland and that's another band that like for 10 years uh we're like man, guys, you got to take us out. We gotta, I mean, obviously, they're a bigger band, so they need to take us out on tour not like the other way around. So we're like, you guys got to take us out. And they're always uh, super, like, into our music. But, you know, it's hard when it comes to them. Um, they have their management and they take care of that. But yeah, Discord just another one of these bands. If they were still around, we were, like, in a heartbeat, you know, hop on a tour with them if that was ever an option, you know. But yeah, there, there's tons of bands that we just keep bumping into and you know haven't uh haven't managed to play a tour together. It's just the way the way of the industry is sometimes you just kind of have to take what you can get. And if mm-hmm. your booking agency has this lineup. For example, this tour we just did was the trail Skeletal remains splattered. Like these bands have not really been on our radar that much before the tour, so it's not like we would throw their name out there, like it's not the first thing that comes up when we think of a tour package. Mm. But our agent put it all together like that, and um, we're like, "Oh, cool. yeah, sure, that's good. Sign off on it." And uh, now, after this tour, now that we know the guys, seen them play every night, seen them fucking rip and kill every night. Now, you know. We want to do it again, you know. Now they're on our radar, and you know if we can make this work, maybe in Europe or somewhere else, or even in the States again, and get all these bands on there again, um, that would be that would be fantastic. We would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. But uh, yeah, there's there's so many um, variables and factors that go into planning a tour package that our wish lists, like oh, we would love to play with like this board or something. Uh, and then the agent, you know, reaches out to them or uh, just, you know, then they have to make sure that all their members are, you know, free and available and they don't have any other plans. Oh, no, we're recording or "Ah, we already have this other tour or we're actually not even active anymore (laughs) or whatever. One of us just had a baby uh, or took a new job and now we can't tour, you know, this kind of stuff just always happens, especially in the underground where Mm -hmm. bands are, dealing with life and jobs and you know can't just yeah. be like music is number one and nothing can nothing comes in the way
1: man no I definitely know there's so many moving parts for bands yeah. <laughs> like people just think you just go out you go well this week I'm gonna go out and do a tour
2: if it would be so easy but we're almost like I feel in the death metal underground we're one of those few bands that even has the option to play long tours because most other bands are tethered to you know oh no i gotta work i have this mortgage to pay or you know, two children and in the field of sandy we're all pretty pretty much just set on playing music and life and working supplemental jobs obviously but yeah. um still treating the band as as a career in a way so um we're flexible and keep ourselves flexible, a lot of us as kids, um, which you know, helps with that matter as well. We have girlfriends or wives, but you are know, unfortunately very understanding <laughs> and tolerating of our <laughs> lives. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard in this, in this kind of music to really have even the ability to go on tour for that long.
1: Yes. Yeah, 100%, man. But I mean, you guys are uh, just absolutely crushing it. And it's good to see that, you know, now that things are moving forward, that, yeah, this, that you're really making a go of it. You're heading out there into the big world, coming down here to Australia. It's, it's exciting times for, for you guys.
2: Very, very exciting. Yes. I, uh, I can't wait. I just licked some blood on this tour and I, I want more. (laughs)
1: Let's
2: go. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, of course, I mean, what's next for you, man? Like, uh, Past the tour, what what, what do you guys got coming up? You got more recording, new album?
2: Yeah, so there's there's a whole whole plan of how to support this album still in terms of touring. Want to do a second US tour, want to do a European tour, at least a European tour, probably some festivals on top of that. 2023, that's not going to happen this year. So there's like the next 12 to 18 months are still going to mostly be dedicated to supporting this album live. At the same time, we're writing the album and trying to um, kind of figuring out right now whether we want to finish writing the album and then um, go to the studio maybe in a year or so and get it out or whether we want to. This again goes back to this problem that COVID has kind of cut short the album or like Mm. scattered the album cycle, the touring cycle for this new album that we were we we're even thinking maybe we'll just like do like a one two-song release of new material, uh, just to give the fans something new to, to put something new out, but not take away entirely from the new album that uh, the latest album singular impetus to yeah. still go on tour with that, maybe have like one two-song release of new music. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's a new option instead of just pushing the next album out quickly and then you know potentially underrepresenting the singular this. So yeah, we're, we're kind of still we're on the fence. We're, we're we're thinking about these things, right?
1: And what about you? you mentioned uh you're my earphones keep popping in. Um you're an audio engineer as well. You mentioned yeah. that so how I mean, how do people check out your work with that?
2: Um well it's actually harder to do because I'm really just kind of like mixing these days. I'm not really studio mixing anymore. Okay. Uh, which changed uh especially with my move to the states. I don't have a studio here per se. I have my little home recording studio and I can definitely mix here and I've been doing like some some like defeat sanity demo mixes or or stems. And um not really set up to do like any band recordings at this point which is completely fine with me because I've been just focusing on my life. mixing. So I've been, I'm mixing events. That's really what I do on my day-to-day. I'm, I go out there, uh, festivals or, um, music shows, uh, any kinds of events, corporate events, conferences, whatever. I, I do it. I mix it. And, um, that's how I make my living. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. That's quite
1: like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well brother, it's been awesome hanging out with you on the show. Of course, we can't wait to see you and Dicent Tomb come down here and uh kick our asses. That's on July 7th, Brisbane, our neck of the woods. Let's Hell do. Oh yeah, it.
2: that's where you're at. Okay, I was about to ask.
1: Yeah, well I'm on the Gold Coast, so I'm about 40 minutes south. I don't know, man. I don't know directional here. I've lost <laughs> my bearings. Uh but uh yeah, we're we we're so just uh, we'll be making the trip up, dude.
2: Brisbane,
1: Brisbane is where it's at, and I believe I think it's the bright side you're playing. It's going to be sick, dude. It's a really sick, really sick oh, menu, really sick menu. Man, well, we'll have to we'll have to have a beer. That's for sure.
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent. We'll have a foster or something.
1: Hey, 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 hey. Just, just gonna, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't drink fosters, right?
2: I do know that. I actually know <laughs> that nobody drinks <laughs> fosters down there. That's <laughs> why I made that casual joke. I don't know what's actually the beer to drink down there, so you'll have to show me.
1: All right. Okay. Well, it depends on where you're at. Uh, I like, uh, I mean, VB is a a good one. Victoria Bitter, VB. It's a good one. Okay. Some people say it tastes like cat's piss. I like it. Don't drink cat's piss. Uh, Up in our way, it's 4X. Mm -hmm. 4X Gold. Now, that tastes like shit. I hate it. Okay. But, um, you know, there's always a crafty stuff that people like. But uh, if if you want to, you know, give it a good drop, VB is a good one. If you're in New Zealand, uh, Waka Changi is okay. your way to go. Waka Changi. Interesting name. It's a, man, it's, look on the front cover, look it up. It's, uh, it, the tagline is quite nice beer. It's probably my favorite drop ever. I really like it. It's on the front, it's got a, uh, a dude saving a damsel in distress from a a, a demon hamster with a spatula. <laughs> but don't let that fool you. It's really, really crisp and really nice. There you go. That's There's my tips. New I'll Zealand?
2: Try, I'll try one of each. I'll try the cactus too. I just want to.
1: <laughs> VB. It's, okay. it, it's, it, it depends on what your taste is, but, you know,
2: give it a go. Give it a go. I will. 100%. <laughs> Hey,
1: thanks for hanging out, brother. We'll see you. In- yeah, my
2: pleasure. Very, <laughs> very nice uh, chatting with you. And I uh, hope um, yeah, we get to uh, hang out soon and, you know, share a beer and listen to some death metal.
1: Absolutely. Let's throw it down. That's
2: for sure, man.
0: Planning on traveling this summer?